Big boobs. What? And that is so <laughs> real. I know, girl. Um, chat. No, seriously, though. Seriously, seriously. Stay with me here. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, so. Peace. Well, welcome back to my podcast. I had to sing it. I'm in a sing-songy mood because I have a lot to talk about. And y'all, I am honestly, I'm very exhausted. If you cannot tell by the sound of my voice, I am severely exhausted. Because as I mentioned in episode one, I am doing big things. I am doing the relocation thing where I move to the East Coast. And I'm doing this big move by myself. And so I've been packing all day while also trying to fit in hanging out with friends and doing this and that and the third, and I'm still working and I'm still trying to create content and trying to keep up with the podcast. And honestly, your girl is exhausted. I am exhausted, but, but I feel very calm and I feel very secure. And so honestly, I wouldn't have it any other way. I would not have it any other way. And I think part of that is because I am really just giving it all up to God and we'll explore religion and have those conversations in a later episode for the season. But right now, honestly, I have just given everything to God because if I worry about it, if I start to try to take control we will crash and burn. I will self-sabotage. But like I said, that is another conversation for another episode. I'm happy to be here recording yet another episode for my beautiful, illustrious, um, chow, anyway, so podcast. And I'm also happy that y'all are here with me and enjoying this moment. That's all we can do is live in the moment and enjoy it. So speaking of my big move, like I mentioned, I have been spending a lot of time with my friends and saying our sweet, sweet goodbyes and trying to spend time with my family and just really indulging in all that good, great old murder mitten. I don't know why I said it like that. Detroit, good, great old Detroit. <laughs> and just taking in everything that the good old 313 has to offer. I have just been spending my time really taking in the city and, and like I said, spending time with my people and my family. And part of a big move at least for me, is also just making sure that I leave no corner unturned. I leave no bridge burned. I mean, honestly, though, if the bridge needs to be burned, hey, burn that motherfucker. But just making sure I tie up any loose ends. I've had to do this once before when I left my campus for undergrad, you know, you say goodbye to your friends and your family away from home and your home away from home. And you say bye to your old hoes and you say bye to everybody, your campus, your life, everything. You just, you do the big goodbye. And I'm doing the big goodbye here and it just feels so different. And I think it feels different because I'm stepping into my greater purpose. And I feel like to step into that greater purpose, I have to have all of the weight off of my shoulders from what could have been, what should have been, things I should have said, relationships I should have amended, 
relationships I should have ended, things that I should have done. I just, I'm, like I said, I'm taking the city in for all that it has within this little bit of time before I leave. That is something that is easier said than done. And I'm not just, and, and, and you know what, let's cut the bullshit. I'm not talking about visiting no restaurants or going to this party and, and doing that. So I'm talking about, honestly, I'm talking about the people in my life. The people in my life who have changed my life for the better or for the worse, that is really what my main focus has been during this week of saying my goodbyes is checking in with myself and checking in with the people around me and the relationships that I have. Because for me, I am someone I care a lot about the relationships in my life. There was this whole like for a very long time, there was this whole hate train going on. As far as like loving people or caring about people, like it's such a common thing these days to be like, oh, I don't care or F that be or leave them behind or whatever the case may be. Or like it's been this cool thing to not have feelings. And, you know, we can sit here and act like we don't have feelings. But at the same time, like I know for me, I just I, I do. I have so many feelings and I care so much about so many people in my life. So for me, it's really hard to just have that carefree fuck you get out of my face, I'm on to the next one type of attitude because that's just not who I am. Like I love deeply and I love hard. And if I'm for you, then, you know, you have me. So that's how I feel about a lot of the relationships that I have been evaluating, for lack of a better word, throughout this this week. And, you know, when I was even undergrad, I remember this feeling that I had of like, okay, I already know who I'm going to keep in contact with when I go back home. Because you can tell by based off the people who, you know, reach out to you or want to see you or hang out with you or show up to your last quote unquote last special events. I had this mindset of like, oh, I already know, like I'm not going to talk to this person or I'm not going to be cool with this person or this person going to be acting fake or whatever the case may be. You know, that was always in the back of my head. But now at the place that I am in my life, when I'm doing this move to a completely different state and I'm really leaving so much behind, my mindset could not be further from that. My mindset is like, okay, who around here loves me? Like who is showing me some love that I can show love to back so that they feel me and that they remember me even while I'm gone? Who can I continue to create memories with even while I'm away? And and what new memories can we make now that we can reminisce about when I do come back and I visit and we're like, oh, remember that one time before you left, we just went balls to the walls and we just did this, that, and the third. Like that's that's been my mindset these days of like, okay, who has been loving on me so hard that it's time for me to really give that out and dig into that and put that love back out into the world and give that love back to them. And not to say that I haven't been doing it right throughout the course of our relationship, but just in those last moments of I'm about to leave or I may or may not see you again because you really never know what life holds. And right, I'm dramatic. That That's a very dramatic statement. Like I may not ever see you again, but that is a partial reality, you know, like what if I do never come back home to visit? Not saying that I won't because, you know, there are plenty of things that draw me back to the city, but, well, I'll say plenty of people that draw me back to the city. But right, who's to say that my best friend who I would come back home to visit, you know, who's to say that one of them goes off to a different state 
or ends up getting married or and, and moving away, whatever the case may be. Like you never know. So it's just one of those like moments where you really indulge in what someone has to offer and what you can offer to somebody. And part of this process, because in a sense, it does kind of feel like a process in my analytical mind. But in this process, I have been able to give that love back and been able to check in with myself and to check in with the relationships that I have with the people who I hold very close to me and and see like, is this real? Like, am I giving my all? Have you given your all? Whatever the case may be. And you know what? As great and dandy as that sounds, I'm going to be honest too. Even though I have been evaluating those good relationships, I also have been taking a look at the relationships that aren't the best, that haven't been the most solid. And I am... I'm a grudge holder. Yeah, we're going to put it out there. I'm a grudge holder. I am. I'm a grudge holder in the way that's like, if you do me wrong, I want to hurt you back so bad. Like, I don't even know. Like, when I get upset, like, if you make me so mad, like, I just really be feeling like, dang, that's crazy because I never would have did you like this. Like, I never would have put you in this position. I would never do to you what you have done to me. And so because I feel that way, I tend to hold a grudge. It's something that I'm working on. (laughs) It is. It's something that I'm working on. It also, I'll say it also depends too on the degree of the relationship. Because like if we locked in, like super locked in and you do me dirty, I'm going to have a soft spot for you. I'm I'm a softie at heart, honestly. But it's, you know, you do me dirty. I'm going to look at you some type of way and I'm going to be like, damn, like that's tough. Like, what's going on? Honestly, if you apologize and I can find some reasoning, you know, I I can be very forgiving, which is what this episode is about. It is about forgiveness and letting go of grudges and having those hard conversations. And like I said, with this move, because I am a grudge holder, I have had to closely evaluate a lot of my relationship and think, okay, who who deserves my time? And and you know, like, and I say it like it's a privilege because it is. And if you don't believe that your time is a privilege, you might want to reevaluate because I feel like time is the most expensive thing. And time, to, like having my time and yours too, having someone's time is a privilege, no matter how you spend it. So for me, it was like, who gets the privilege of having my time? Who gets the privilege of being with me within my quote unquote last days in the city, not on this earth, but just in the city. When I'm looking at these relationships, there are a couple of people that pop into my head that I'm like, oh, hell no. Ain't no way. I'm not, I'm not rekindling nothing. I'm not reaching out. I'm not being the bigger person. None of that. Like, no. And I've had those thoughts about friends. I've had those thoughts about family members. And where I had to kind of take a step back for myself was when it came to family member. Because, you know, you, this is a tricky one. You don't get to choose the family that you're born into, right? And because you don't have that choice of where you're placed in this life, okay, fuck all the bullshit. I'm, what am I talking about? Honestly, I'm trying to sit here and be politically correct and nice, but no. I, like I said, when it comes to family, for me, family is something that I hold 
very close to my heart, as many people do. Like, I really do love my family and I love everything that they have done for me and that we have created together. And they have taught me so much in my life. And with that being said, you know, family can be difficult. They can be difficult. They have different opinions. They have different ways of life. They have different outlooks on life. And family can just be really different. (laughs) And it's easy for, you know, someone to say something to offend you or to leave a bad taste in your mouth. But you tell yourself, you know what, like it's whatever your family. And that's true. And that's real. But at the same time, like as you grow up and as you start to hold boundaries for yourself, you kind of start to realize family or not, like I deserve to be treated like a person. And I deserve to be treated with respect and with love and with dignity, with kindness and every other positive word in the dictionary. You deserve it. It's difficult sometimes when you have family or family friends who don't necessarily uphold that. Because I feel like, and and this honestly, this is just for me. Like I feel like with your family, it's like y'all, you don't, we didn't get to choose each other. Like we didn't, we don't get to choose our family, so we have to sometimes actively, consciously choose to choose them, (laughs) if that makes sense. Because there is this sense of unconditional outlook or unconditional love rooted in family, and like I said, not every family is the same. But I know, like for my family, there is that sense of that unconditional love. And that's what everything is rooted in. You know, when you do get done wrong or something is said that upsets you, it hurts and it cuts deeper. At least for me, it cuts deeper than some random person saying it or somebody from the internet saying it or something you heard from somebody else that somebody else said about you. But like when it's your family, it's different and it cuts and it hurts. When you experience that, it can be hard to forgive. It can be really hard to forgive because it's like the relationship that we have, the love that we have for each other is supposed to be rooted in something solid. The foundation is supposed to be there. At at the end of the day, when everybody has their backs to us, it's us against them. We have each other no matter what. You know, when you get done wrong or or when you know family doesn't uphold that same outlook it's hard it's tough and like i said for me i'm a grudge holder so when i have experienced that i just was like no nah, it's not family and and by right you know like sometimes like i said cuz like family can be anybody family doesn't have to be you know by blood but just whatever you deem as family you know, you grow up with somebody that's not really your brother, but y'all been through everything together. That's your brother. Or you have the you have the old lady across the street who used to take care of you whenever, you know, your parents couldn't. You know, that's family. They basically raised you. That's family. This is somebody who loves you, who has looked out for you, who takes care of you. That's family. Someone who you consider family, when they do you wrong, it hurts. And for me, while I've been trying to make this move to New York, I have had to look at not only my friendships, but also my familial relationships. I realized that I had a lot of grudges held against 
a few folks about a few things. And it's not end of the world, end all be all things, but it's stuff that hurts. And I, I'll get, uh, you know what? I'm going to share a little story with you guys. And honestly, this, the story that I'm about to tell y'all is kind of what sparked the idea for this episode. Because originally I had planned to record this a little later in the season, but I felt like this situation was just too perfect to not share for this episode. And I wanted to give it to y'all while I was feeling it. This past Easter, my family got together. Everyone was there. Well, almost everyone was there. Um, We had family there, um, family friends, stuff like that. And all just celebrating Easter, getting together for the first time in a while. And I had already let them know that I was planning on moving and that I would be leaving soon. And so, you know, that was a topic of discussion with everyone. There was a family member there who, like I said, I had been evaluating my relationships. I had evaluated our relationship and I was like, okay, yeah, this is somebody who chances are I'm not going to take him to New York. And when I say take him to New York, I mean, this is someone who I'm not going to carry a relationship with over into this next part of my life. And I had already made that decision a very long time ago. Um, And not just even, you know, like before the move to New York, but just in all aspects of my life, I had determined that this person is not someone that I would keep up with in my day-to-day life. And it was one of the things where, you know, like, I love you, but I love you from afar. I support you, but I support you from afar. If I see you, I'll speak. I'm going to be cordial. I'm going to be kind. You know, I'm not rude because at the end of the day, like what we have, what we built was on a foundation of love. So that's always there, but it's just covered with other things and other traumas. Growing up, I'll say it's been difficult to have those hard conversations just because for me, I'm not the most vulnerable. I'm not the most open And I'll be honest, neither is my family, you know, standard Caribbean family. Um, You don't share your feelings often. And I won't say standard because, you know, it could be different for others. But within my family, it's not quite often that people like openly speak about their feelings. I had to unlearn that. And it was never like we were frowned upon for talking about our feelings or anything like that. But there was never really any open dialogue about the things that were wrong or the things that upset you, at least not from what I can remember as a child. And that's a little difficult, right? Because as a child, it's like, how do I initiate these tough conversations? Are these tough conversations? Like, you don't even know what a tough conversation is. You're just you know that you feel some type of way and you want to express it, but you don't know if you have the space to express it and you've never witnessed someone else express it. And it's just, it's something that I've had to unlearn in my adult life that you don't need to be asked what's wrong in order to share your feelings, right? Like, There's so much power and vulnerability. And a lot of the time when you are vulnerable with someone else, that indicates space for them to be vulnerable with you. And two people being vulnerable together might as well kiss. Well, no. My bad, my bad. The intrusive thoughts won. Two people being vulnerable together um, is how we 
connect. And it's how we establish those deeper relationships and a tighter bond. But with my family, that wasn't always the case. It was difficult to get into those hard conversations. And so it's almost as if they didn't happen right? Like if you felt some type of way about something, you know, it wasn't often that we did dive into those hard conversations. And so as an adult, I have had to learn what that looks like. Because too, you know, when you're younger and and you do try to have these conversations, you might be on a different maturity level than than your counterpart or whoever it is that you're having the conversation with. And even though you might be coming from a place of understanding and of reason, you know, not everybody has that level of maturity. Not everybody has that mindset. And so what should have been or what could have been a simple conversation turns into an argument, turns into a blowout, gets blown way out of proportion, and it ends up being something that it doesn't need to be, and you end up hurt, and then you end up holding grudges, and then you're just at a standstill, right? And so that's essentially, you know, kind of what this was with this specific person. In my family, it was like, you've said things to me in the past and I've tried to have a conversation about it. I got upset or you get upset and we end up arguing and we get nowhere. We're walking around in circles and it's just a dead end. And then I'm in that place of like, okay, well, this is just somebody who I'm not cool with. You know, if they come around and and we hang out and whatever, like that's cool. But as far as me seeking it, like, no, I'm good. I'm great. The cycle repeats and it's, it's over and over and over again. And like I said, in episode one, you either evolve or you repeat. And so in this instance, it was just a cycle of repetition for literally 24 years. Um, maybe a little less than because, you know, not including when I was born, but <laughs> I've known this person my whole life. And at a very young age, like we were just off to a rocky start. And that's kind of tough, you know, especially too, when you see like that other person having great relationships with the other people in your life, the other people in your family, you're just like, okay, well, what is it about me? What what am I doing wrong? Where am I getting it wrong? And you kind of, in a sense, start to build up this sense of resentment towards this person and the sense of like, okay, well, I'll never be good enough or or this person obviously doesn't want me around. You kind of make up your own mind and, and you make your own decisions about this person and about the situation. And that's how you start to move. And because you've made up your mind, like the way that you start to move can be nasty or ugly or mean or rude or whatever the case may be. But for me, the case was just falling back completely because it was just like, I didn't know. I didn't really know how to react or how to respond. And so for me, it was just like, you know, I'm going to pull back from this person completely. And I, I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to be mean just because, you know, this is is um, family friend, family member. And this is someone who's obviously going to be around a lot. And so I would just rather, me being, you know, non-confrontational, I would just rather have things be copacetic than chaotic. As I have gotten older, I've learned that like it, you can express yourself and you can have these hard conversations and you can let somebody know how you feel and not have it be an argument. And the moment that they start to argue, bye, you got to go. To get back to the story, I spent time with my family during Easter and the family friend was there. And like I said, I kept it cordial. Okay. I kept it cute, honey. And I spoke to everyone in the room. And unfortunately, this person did not respond, which later, right after the conversation, we'll get into this a little bit later. You know, they didn't hear me, but 
for me, being in that circumstance of like walking into the space, right? Already, I am in a sense of focal point just just because I think any new person that enters the room in any situation, any circumstance is the focal point. You know, you you speak to everyone and and expect and or hope. I'll say you hope that um, everyone is welcoming and, and they speak back to you, and especially family. You know what I mean? So I entered the space and I, I didn't get um, the response. It, it's a little awkward. I don't know. For me, it, it's a little awkward, like family or not, but you are essentially the outsider in a sense. And so walking into that space as an outsider and then already being what felt like I'll say what felt like being shunned. I had made it up in my head. Okay, solid. There's beef, right? Like this person obviously is not rocking with me enough at all to even give me a hey back or a how you doing or a wave, nigga, damn, like something. Like it was just crickets, silent, nothing from this person. And so I I made up my mind in that moment too. I was like, okay, that's it. They don't don't fuck with me. I don't fuck with them. And that's just how it's going to be. So- And the thing about me, I I can hold a grudge and I can also play that game. Like, if you want to be funny, I can be hilarious. I will turn this bitch into deaf comedy jam. We will get into it. We will do that. No problem. And that's what I felt. I felt like it was really funny. So, you know, initially, my first instinct, like I said, was to turn this bitch into a stand-up comedy show. We're going to get real funny in here. But then me growing and evolving, I was like, it's not worth the energy. And it's also not worth leaving a bad taste in someone's mouth right before I leave for X amount of years. And so I was like, okay, I will take a step back. I'll have a seat. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to chill and have a good time and lean into the people who are showing me love, who did speak to me when I walked into the space and did acknowledge my presence. Cause, and, and honestly, y'all, let this have been a year or two ago. I would have raised all types of hell. Come on. like I just let this have been two years ago. Cause like I said, when I was leaving my campus college, it was, oh yeah, I know I'm not fucking with this bitch. I know I'm leaving this nigga in the dust. I'm blocking this nigga, this girl about to delete her from everything. Just, you know, cutting ties, burning bridges, not giving a damn. But now that I am, like I said, evolving tea, I'm like, it's not even worth the energy. Cause one, that's going to take me out of my character. And I'm not even here to be nasty. I'm not even here to be mean or to act some type of way or feel some type of way. I'm here to celebrate the, 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 the rising of the Christ. You know, it was Easter. Like <laughs> what reason would I have to wreak havoc, to bring hell on this peaceful day? I, it's, it's, it wasn't for me. So, you know, I'm just like, I'm going to just keep it cute, keep it cordial, keep it cool. So to get back into the story, you know, the night goes on. I'm hanging out with my family, just chit-chatting, blah, 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 blah. My sister is like, who trying to drink? Oh, one thing y'all need to know about me when it comes to a drink, I'm a habit. Yes, I am. Okay. She brought out the bottle of Tito's. Now, I don't normally drink rubbing alcohol, but in this moment, I was highly stressed. So, and, and I won't say highly stressed, but I was just like, 
yeah, I need something to take the edge off. The vibes in here, not rocking with it. You know, we all start taking shots, getting loose, feeling comfortable. And you know me, like I said, I like to keep it cordial. I like to keep it cute. So I'm hanging around the family, you know, cracking the jokes, doing shooting the shit, you know, doing what we do. And every time that somebody says something to me or about me, I get a vibe. I get a I get a vibe switch from that family friend. And it's a vibe switch of like, ugh, are we still talking about this bitch? Or like, why are we even talking to her? Why are we bringing her up? And I'm feeling the energy. And one thing about me, like I am just highly intuitive and I am highly observant. So I peep it. I be peeping little stuff. Even when you don't think I see it, I think it, nigga. And one thing about about me, I'm going to play my role too. Even if I didn't see it, no. Even if I did see it, I'm going to act like I didn't. And I'm just, I'm going to just make a mental note because you're showing your true colors. So like I said, I'm peeping shit. I'm peeping shit here. I'm peeping shit there. And one thing that I have learned from my sorority sisters, because there's so many different personalities amongst all of us. Therapy did not teach me this. The one thing that I have learned is to speak on your feelings because your feelings are valid. Your feelings are important and you deserve to stand 10 toes down behind them and your feelings and your thoughts deserve to be heard. And so that's something that I am learning now, right? To speak up for myself and to speak up and to tell somebody when they have wronged me. And so throughout this entire night, I'm peeping little stuff here and there. I'm peeping side eyes and snickers and, and mumbles and side conversations. And I'm really just letting it all roll off my back. I'm letting it roll off because I'm just like, you know, it is what it is. I'm about to leave in X amount of days. I don't have time to sit up here and cuss somebody out and make somebody feelings hurt. Like it, that's just not what I'm trying to do right now. So like I said, we we sitting around drinking the drinks. We probably about two shots in. My cousin and my family friend, they are very close. And we were all drinking Tito's, but there was another bottle. And I went to open the bottle. My cousin was like, oh no, don't open the bottle. That's for my sister. And I was like, oh my bad. Like I didn't know. Mind you, my cousin and my family friend are very close and me and my cousin are very close. And so when I had made the decision that, you know, me and the family friend weren't going to be locked in or, or super tight or that I wasn't, you know, going to continue to bring them into the different places in my life, that kind of also affected like the relationship that I had with my cousin. When I made the decision to not be as cool with the family friend, um, part of that also, even though I didn't anticipate it, carried over into my relationship with my cousin, which, you know, it did bother me. But at the same time, like, I was just like, it is what it is. Like, that's a part of life. You know, I never really was offended by that. But um, in a sense, like what did have my feelings hurt was just like, okay, because I have given up a relationship with a family friend, I also, in a sense, had given up a relationship with my cousin, which was tough. It was so tough for me. Like when I tell y'all, like me and my cousin, like our, we were really close. Like that was really my dog for real. Not only did I lose, you know, the family friend in a sense, I had also lost like my dog, my cousin. Back to the story. I went to open the bottle and he's like, oh, that's for my sister. And I was like, oh, my bad. Sorry. I didn't know. And 
even when I when I first walked into the house, you know, his I was checking niggas temps and his temp was a little high. So him too, he was grouped into the group of, you know, me being like, all right, well, I guess, you know, now these are just people that I won't carry over into my new life. Me and my sister were about to take a shot and she's like, oh, where's the bottle? And I thought she was talking about the bottle that I just had. So I'm telling her, I'm like, oh, like, that's not a bottle for us to drink. That's for you know, our cousin's sister. And he had looked over at the family friend and they both like made eye contact and did the little like snicker side eye thing that I had been seeing all night. And at this point, I'm teed up off the Tito's. So I'm like, okay, I have to say something. At first I was going to be kind, cool and collected about it. But now I'm going to say something because it's getting weird. And I don't really like that because now you like, you know, it's one thing for me to say in my head, like, okay, my cousin don't fuck with me. But now like I'm seeing that shit in real time. Like, no, something has to give. So I'm like, you know, what, what's, what's the issue? What's tea? What's going on? It's, it's it. I will say... <laughs> Just a quick disclaimer, if you are looking to open a can of worms or if you are looking to have those hard conversations, maybe do it sober. Maybe do it sober. I feel like that'll just have a you'll have just a little more control. But also, I mean, if you're somebody who confrontation doesn't come easy to you and you're like, I need that little liquid courage to help me stand all 10 toes. Have you don't be afraid. Get your little Tito's in your systems. Swig a little rubbing alcohol. It don't matter. But, you know, I was feeling the lick and I was like, you know what? Yeah, nah, fuck all inhibitions. Fuck everything that I was trying to hold back. What's tea? Because now you got my dog against me. What's tea? What is going on? And so, you know, I'm 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 asking the group, asking the masses, like, what's the issue? And you know how niggas can be at first. Like, oh, she ain't talking. What issue? I don't, what are you talking about? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you tell me type shit, you know, like what's going on? And all in all, you know, the conversation ended up going this way and that way and up and down and all around. And, and like I said, it, 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 there was a time where it did revert back to those like childish ways of like having a conversation that turns into an argument. There was a point where my uncle had to intervene and he like, you know, enough, enough, enough. But my sister was on both ends of it. You know, she was, she was hearing it from my family friend and and his issues that he had with me. And then she would hear from me, you know, the issues that I had. And so she's kind of, you know, hearing from both sides and it's like, you know, y'all need to have a conversation. And, you know, at that time, I, I'm young or whatever. So I'm just like, I ain't having a conversation with that nigga. Da, 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 da. And I guess in his head, he's like, it ain't even worth it to have a conversation. Her mind is made up type of whatever. And, and you know, I'll be honest, because for me, it never was like, I'm not having a conversation with this nigga. It was just like, I'm not in the wrong here. So you have a foundation of love with your family. And when that's not upheld, it feels like the worst betrayal. And so for me, I was experiencing the worst betrayal. And so it was never fuck him. It was just, I don't care to have this person around. I'm not going to go out of my way to have this person around. And so my sister had been hearing both sides of it. And so, you know, us having this conversation on resurrection day, hallelujah. But us having this conversation, when my uncle intervened and he's like, enough, she's like, no, actually, I'm sorry. Like, I hope this doesn't come off as disrespectful, but it's not enough. This is a conversation that I have been hearing from both sides over and over and over. And this is the first time they're actually saying something to each other. 
And so she, you know, she tells him, if you're feeling uncomfortable or if you don't like the conversation, we can step outside. Or if you don't like the language, because me, I'm when I get upset or when I get riled up, I let a couple of swear words slip. I'm only human. Damn it. I'm only human. So you know, I let a couple of swear words go left and right. And, and, and I feel like that was probably something that had had upset him. And so, you know, my sister lets him know, you know, if it's the language, by all means, we'll change our language. But this conversation is going to continue whether you like it or not. And first of all, period. Hey, shout out to all the Geminis in the crowd. If you a Gemini and you listen to this, you're crazy, but I fucks with you. And that's all there is. But I say shout out to y'all because, and more specifically to my sister, because she is the one who is breaking generational curses. When I tell y'all my family, we don't often talk about our feelings and about our livelihoods and about what we're experiencing and our failures and stuff like that. Those conversations don't happen. And the only reason why those conversations happen every so often is because of her, because she's the one that's like, how's everybody feeling? You know, I'm checking in with y'all. What's going on in your life? She is essentially the glue of the family. And she's the one breaking the generational curses and having those hard conversations. And if you're anything like me, you don't mind having those hard conversations, but you're not the one to initiate it. But what I will say is don't be afraid to dive into those hard conversations. Don't be afraid to speak your mind, to tell people how you feel. My mom always tells me, let people know when they have wronged you, because if you don't, they will continue to do it over and over and over. And it ends up being a boundary that is crossed and that will continue to be crossed. You know why? Because you haven't said anything. And sometimes it can be something where you like, well, I feel like that's just common sense. I shouldn't have to say nothing. No way. To keep it a stack, common sense is not as common as we all think it is. Because what's common sense to you may not be common sense to the next person. Not all sense is common sense. Like I said, my she's the one, you know, breaking the generational, my sister, she's the one breaking the generational curses. And she's the one that's encouraging our family members to have these conversations and to be open and to speak candidly and, and to let each other know when we've wronged each other. Because at the end of the day, like when you have nothing all you have is your family. And if you don't have your family, all you have is yourself. And if all you have is yourself, that might be a very, very, very lonely life and a very lonely world. I would just say actively try. And it's not something that's going to happen overnight, but if you can actively try to expand and have hard conversations and dive into what you're really feeling and being vulnerable with someone. And I would say maybe try to start with family because if there's anybody who's going to love you and understand you and who's going to see you, it's going to be your family. And I'll say it again, family doesn't have to be blood. Family can be your bestie. Family could be the lady who raised you. Family could be literally anybody. Back to the story. So my sister pretty much just emphasized that like this is a conversation that needed to be had. And when we continued the conversation, we had started to go into a circle. We had to kind of like really take a step back and be like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're upset with me because I did this and I'm upset with you because you did this. But the only reason why I did this to you was because you did this to me. And so when we got to the root of what the issue really was, and I'll let you guys, you know, it's 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 not a secret. This family friend from a very young age, um, like I said, we grew up together 
And growing up, I experienced a lot of bullying. And it was bullying for my skin color, bullying for my weight, bullying for my hair, the way I dress, really anything. And it was verbal and it was physical and it was just, it was all of these different awful things that you don't exactly recognize are awful until you grow up and you're like, where's all this hurt coming from? Where's all this trauma coming from? And you reminisce on your past and you're like, okay, wait, maybe this has something to do with it. I had ants put in my hair growing up. I had, and it was, it was all the boys on the block. I remember one time a bird pooped on me and one of the boys on the block told me that I was going to be poisoned and I was going to die. And so I went home and I was just scrubbing, scrubbing, scrubbing my arm, scrubbing my arm till it was basically red. And my mom was like, girl, what are you doing? Get up out of my bathroom. I'm about to scrub the black off your skin. Da, 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 da. And so, but like it was, it was to that degree. And so like from a very early age, I already had a bad taste in my mouth from this person. And as we grew up and I became more aware that like, hey, that was actually really awful. And that was actually really traumatic. I had established for myself that this is somebody that I don't want around in my life. That was pretty much the root of it. And when we were having this conversation during Easter, I had to explain. So the, so the family friend had felt hurt that I never supported them the way that my sister had supported them. And I had to let them know, you know, I couldn't support you. You made it impossible for me to support you because how is it that I'm supposed to support someone who has only torn me down? You know, I let them know and I was like, yeah, you used to tear me down all the time. And, and they were like, what are you talking about? That's BS. This has nothing to do with that. And I, you know, I had to be like, it has everything to do with it. It's something that I speak about to this day in therapy. It has everything to do with it, whether subconsciously or at the forefront. It has everything to do with it. I, I don't think it really was until that moment that I was like, hey, you traumatized me as a kid, which is why I don't care to have anything to do with you as adults. That's when it clicked for this person. Because like I said, we we had tried to have this conversation many times before in the past. You just end up talking in circles and you don't get anywhere and it ends up in an argument. And it's like, you did this to me. Well, you did this to me first. Well, I did this because you did this and it you don't get anywhere. And so I think by being vulnerable, right? Like I said earlier, the best way to get someone to be vulnerable with you or really to see some sort of change is to be vulnerable with someone by being open, by being vulnerable and being like, hey, this is what the truth is. This is what you've done to me. This is why I am the way I am. It wasn't until that moment that I think it clicked for them. And they were like, oh, wait, actually, you're right. We used to dog you as kids. Like we used to treat you so poorly and it all adds up and it all makes sense. And so ultimately, you know, the night ended um, in a lot of apologies, a couple of tears, lots of hugs and a lot of forgiveness. With apologies come forgiveness. And what I'm learning now is that without apologies, you can also have forgiveness. But that takes a different type of strength. That takes a different level of commitment to yourself, commitment to your life, commitment to the people around you. You have to want to forgive. You have to want to be released of the burden of whatever trauma is holding you back 
whatever trauma is holding you down, whatever characteristics that you have now that are rooted in trauma, you have to be willing to let go of that. You have to be trauma aware. And I, and I'm such a big advocate for therapy. And I think therapy is a phenomenal place to start. Um, but if you're someone where you're not exactly there yet, or you're not ready, or you, you really don't see the point, maybe don't even pay a professional, you know, talk to a friend, talk to a family member, better yet, talk to the person who's wronged you or talk to someone who, you know, is understanding who, you know, will see your side and, and, and not just your side, but the other person's side too. someone who's not a yes man, but someone who is also aware, self-aware, hyper aware of your feelings, someone else's feelings, someone who's an empath, just talk to someone about it. Be vulnerable, be open, because that is the first step, at least in my opinion, to forgiveness. Humbling yourself, putting your pride to the side and allowing yourself that grace to be quote unquote had. And I say had because people are like, oh, you're not going to get me. Joke's on you or joke's on me. What? Like, this isn't a joke. This is life. This is real life. These are real feelings. These are real people. This isn't a joke. And because it's not a joke, you have to be willing to let down your guard, put your pride aside, let go of that trauma and that hurt, especially if it's something minute, if it's something so irrelevant. And you know, we live in a day and age where people are like, well, it's the principle. Yeah, principle is there, but would you rather have principle or would you rather have peace? For me, I would rather have peace. Fuck the principle. At the end of the day, if it's really the principle that's bothering you, then it's something that you would speak up about. If it's something that you have spoken about and you still have not received the desired results, whether that's an apology, whether that's change behavior or whatever the case may be, learn to let it go and walk away. Hit the pavement. Start stepping. Move on. Easier said than done, obviously. But like I said, you have to be willing to want to forgive and to be humble and to let go and to be aware. So I don't I don't I don't know what forgiveness looks like for you, but I would definitely encourage you to take that time to explore that. Cuz I know for me forgiveness is less about words and more about action and not from my end but from the other person. I know that I am able to forgive someone once I've seen that changed behavior. So in this scenario, for me, forgiveness, you know, it was, it's easy to forgive because in the conversation that we had, he made it clear that he didn't he didn't recognize how deep all of the bullying went for me in my life and how much of an effect that had on my life. And I was able to recognize like his sense of remorse and he told me if I could take it back, I could. If I could relieve you of that hurt, I would. Because I know how it feels and it's the worst feeling. And I'm so sorry that I made you feel that way. And for me, you know, the apology was enough. And I could tell that he genuinely meant it. And like I said, there had been times in the past where we would hang out. Like I said, I, I wasn't the one to seek the hangout. But, you know, if another family member brought him into the space, it was cordial. It was kind there wasn't any blatant animosity. But like I said, it was one of those things where I knew in the back of my head, like this is somebody that you need to keep it an arm's length because it might seem rainbows and butterflies now, but at any moment they could flip the switch and turn into this big bad wolf. You know, they expressed a, a great sense of remorse and and I, I had seen, I could acknowledge and I could agree that 
maybe they genuinely just didn't know how, you know, their past actions and their past words affected me. And but now that I do recognize that, and now that that is something that I can see, I am able to forgive because that's what forgiveness looks like for me. I just encourage you to explore what that looks like. And I'm not saying, you know, somebody who did you so dirty or somebody who made you feel some type of way or made you feel small or belittled you or whatever. I'm not saying like forgive them today or has done something way past worth forgiving. I'm not, you know, saying to just let your inhibitions go and let your guard down and forgive them immediately. Like I'm saying, be willing, be open to having that conversation, be willing to be vulnerable, be willing to start the conversation, just be willing and be open and be vulnerable because you might, you honestly might find out a lot about yourself and a lot about what you desire from your relationships and a lot about what you desire from the people around you, your family, what you want for yourself. You you really might find out a lot. Holding these grudges or being mad at the world. Gosh, what a lonely life. What a lonely life. And and that's not to say and that's not to undermine your experiences or any of the trauma that you've endured, but I prefer peace over principle. And forgiveness doesn't even necessarily have to be rooted in the other person. Forgive yourself for letting somebody do you so bold. Just just show yourself grace. Just be nice to yourself because life is so short and people are already beating up on us. So Why add fuel to your own fire? Learn to forgive yourself. Learn to forgive those around you because life is so much easier and so much more worthwhile. If you walk away with anything from this episode, that is to forgive others and most importantly, forgive yourself, right? Because it's easy to beat yourself up and be like, damn, I should have got my lick back or like, (laughs) or I should have did them how they did me. Forgive yourself. And just move forward because that's all we can do. Every day is a new day. Just move forward. That is all that I have for you beautiful people on this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in with me. I am so happy that I got to share this little slice of my life. I hope that you're enjoying the rest of your week. And make sure you guys are keeping up with me on the UCAST podcast Instagram at C-H-I-L-E-E-E podcast that's child podcast on instagram interact with me let me know what you think about this episode and i will see y'all in well not see y'all i'll talk to (laughs) y'all in the next episode thanks for listening peace